hello, my Health Masters family, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope y'all are having a fantastic day as always. I know a lot of the countries buckling down for a very cold weekend in some parts of the area. I saw more reports, you know, up to negative 40, negative 50 degrees with the windshield factor in some of the northwest areas, which is that's really cold. <laughs> and again, I hope everybody's being safe traveling right now. I saw I think there's over 2000 flights delayed. So just continue to be safe and use wisdom on your travels this weekend. And also, too, thank you for continuing to forward the show, sign up for our free weekly newsletter, and get the updates on a daily basis of what's happening here at healthmasters.com. Be sure to check out the product of the week, the EyeSight Formula, and the 7 Days Coupon is now active on the Vitamin E for today only, the super potent E formula, the vitamin E mixed to coferol, incredibly good formula, helps out with blood viscosity, helps out with overall cholesterol health as well. Very, very good product for the cardiovascular system. Seven days is the coupon code you can use on that product, the number seven, D-A-Y-S. That will be active for today only, and be sure to check your emails over the weekend for the last two products that we will be having on sale. And so, again, be sure to check that out at healthmasters.com. The first thing that I wanted to touch base on, because this is a really big deal, very excited to see where this is going to go. I don't know how much publicity it's going to get in the mainstream media. I already know the mainstream media has started to already down-talk it and downplay it, but DeSantis in the state of Florida now, he has gotten the Florida Supreme Court yesterday afternoon. They have reproved a request by Governor Ron DeSantis to impanel a statewide grand jury to investigate alleged, alleged wrongdoing over the COVID-19 vaccine. They said the Thursday's Supreme Court order said the grand jury will look at people and entities, including but not limited to pharmaceutical manufacturers and their executive officers, medical associations and organizations involved in the design, development, clinical testing, investigation, manufacture, marketing, representation, advertising, promotion, labeling, distribution, formulation, packaging, sale, purchase, donation, dispensing, prescribing, administration, or use of any vaccine purported to prevent the COVID-19 infection, symptoms, and transmission End quote. <laughs> that was a mouthful on that one. Uh, this is a really big deal if this actually is done correctly. And we have some people that are on this panel that are true patriots that really want the best for America and want the best for America's health and want truth to be exposed. I have said this for the last two, almost three years now. What they did to everyone and what they told everyone and how they lied to everyone is not going to go away, in my opinion. Not with me, at least with other people, but I'm not going to stop talking about it, nor am I going to prevent or pretend like it didn't happen, like they didn't do what they did to everyone for two years straight. I mean, I told you yesterday, we're still seeing in Philadelphia now, they're saying the Philadelphia school system, the entire school system, staff and children have to begin wearing masks starting January 3rd now for two weeks in order to slow the spread of COVID in Philadelphia. You can't make this stuff up, guys. And the more people comply and the less people talk about the lies that they continue to push, it's just going to keep going on. And so it's going to be very interesting to see what this grand jury looks into and what they actually expose, if it actually is legitimate 
and they have some real true patriots on this. So I'm excited to see it go somewhere. I'm praying and hoping it does. This has been, so far, the only state in the entire country that has put together anything like this so far, period. No other state has even requested to put together a grand jury to look into the lies and death count of this shot and the toxic effects that we know now it has caused. And it's funny. I saw an article earlier. The experts and fact checkers are now saying that the reason why the VAERS numbers are so high, they're finally having to address this, as that so many people are now aware of the VAERS reporting system, that more people are reporting it now and people are putting in false claims about the reports, even though they have batch numbers and they have event dates and they have hospital records. It doesn't matter. Uh, people are putting fake VAERS reports down. That's the only reason why the reporting has gone so high because more people know about it. You can't make this stuff up now. You often hear people talk about the higher death rates of VAERS and what we bring up all the time. Uh, the fact of the matter is the reported deaths are 40 times higher than all other vaccines combined that are reported in the VAR system when it comes to the COVID shot. 40 times higher death rate from the COVID shot in the VAR's reporting system. Guys, that's not an anomaly. That's not fake reporting. That is a serious problem that's occurring right now. And, of course, the mainstream media and the fact checkers are now trying to do everything they can to do damage control, and especially now – since the Florida Supreme Court has given a green light for this grand jury to assemble, you're going to see all types of pure propaganda. And please, my friends, do your own research and look at what's really happening before you start believing the lies that they pump out. It's not a stretch by any means that the government will actually come out with full-blown lying propaganda and their own paid-for research to try to combat what this grand jury starts to basically look into and what they start to subpoena. Because remember, Pfizer hired and paid for the researchers and the testing through their own research departments and through their own funding. They paid to have their own safety testing done. It wasn't a third-party independent lab or research agency that did the clinical trials and the testing. They're the only ones who did their own research. They paid for their own research, meaning they got the results of their own research that they wanted. Now we've seen that Pfizer has dumped hundreds of thousands of pages from their research on this shot. The FDA had to basically make them release it from the federal judge that ordered it. And we told you guys all year long, every single month, there was another trove of documents, 40, 50,000 pages that would come out. And every time it got worse and worse and worse. Well, what are they going to find now when this grand jury starts subpoenaing people and people are put under oath? I don't know. Really hope this thing continues to get a lot of coverage. We will cover it as it goes along and pray that wisdom, honor, and truth are found and continually maintained with this right here because everybody deserves the right to know the truth of what they've been exposed to or what they were told they need to get injected with. It doesn't matter who you are, what your background is. You have a right to be told the truth, and you have the right to consent of anything that is being done to you. What do you think, Deb? A absolutely great opening, Austin, and, and you're absolutely right. The, the VARES – well, first of all, let's stop with VARES for one second – only about 1% of the actual cases that are reported to VAERS, and it's been this way since it was started back in the 80s for adverse events for the vaccines that were basically being forced on us by the Reagan Act back when he was president, when they started giving blanket, you know, immunity, but the blanket 
they were no longer we were no longer allowed they were given immunity to sue the manufacturers for damages because what happened back in the 80s and i never really talked about this the vaccine manufacturers were being sued out of existence because of autism that's what was going on because of the thimerosal they were putting in their vaccines and mercury and people were having these children that were perfect there were huge class action lawsuits forming against the vaccine manufacturers that's why they petitioned the government and reagan to allow them to have impunity and not be basically sued because they said that the vaccine manufacturers were such a critical part of the infrastructure of the United States, they could not be sued out of business for killing people and causing autism. It's insane that they would have that kind of logic. You can kill as many people as you want, cause autism in as many people as you want, and now you're going to have immunity because your product's not safe. But then what happened is they immediately bumped up the various to 20 to 30 to 40 to 50 to 60 to now over 70 vaccines, and that's what's going on. The VAERS report has notoriously only had about 1% of the reported actions being reported, 1%. Now, if that's what they're trying to say with this, and now more people are reporting it, that's probably partially true. It, it probably is. It may be up to 2 or 3%. But then if you look at 1%, which means you have to times it by 100, and we've had a, you know, 20,000 people, now you have to times that by 100 more, which is going to be you know, into the millions of people that have had adverse reactions that weren't reported. That's the problem with VAERS, and it always has been with VAERS. And what VAERS is being used for is because there was a vaccine compensation fund set up by the federal government to take care of the people whose children had been damaged by the vaccines. In other words, they're telling you we spent $4.5 billion in handling children that are now permanently disabled from vaccines because we know we've caused it with the vaccinations. For all of those idiots who say vaccines don't have side effects. They spent billions of dollars paying off the population, so they would, get, they, would, they, would, they would basically go to the vaccine court, in which about a one out of 100 of those people are compensated because they don't want to have this issue out there saying, look at, look at these millions of kids that are damaged now because of you know, thimerosal or, you know, or mercury or aluminum and all the chemicals that we have and the adjuvants and the squalene that are in the vaccines. That's why I wrote the book 20 years ago. Maximum Solutions to ADD, Autism, and Learning Disabilities in Men. Stephanie Seneff, MIT, top researcher. Love her research. She's come out and said that now it's actually about 1 in 52 children. I'm sorry, 1 in 32 children have autism. And she says if the current trend doesn't change by 2025, 2030, according to her research, 1 in 2 children will have autism or some type of learning disability from the vaccines. And by like 2030, 100% according to her extrapolated data, will have some type of learning disability or autism. That's every child being born, guys. Every child being born that are vaccinated. And see, this is what they want because that way they dumb down an entire generation. They drop IQ points and they make people more of a placid sheeple. Uh, you know, it's so funny. Uh, every once in a while, you know, you know I'll, I'll get a letter and also gets these two and they'll say, well, you know, you're being a little bit too aggressive on the show. All right. Or you're being a little bit too, you know, demonstrative on the show. All right. Or you're being a little bit too, I used to say it, abrasive on the show. And I'm like, OK. And, and my response is always this. You know, when God calls you according to his purpose, he equips you to do what needs to be done. The stuff that we talk about on this show that nobody else will talk about. If God didn't give me the boldness that he gave me for being a type A personality, uh, I, we wouldn't do it. We'd be just another beta male bootlicker crawling around on our bellies. We don't do that on this show. We bring up the stuff that absolutely nobody else wants to talk about. 
and why here one of the here's one of the things that really just just it just kind of frosts me frosts me this frosts me you know the vast majority of the people that do alternative research they know that the Kabbalists believe that their God is an Aphrodite in a tree in the universe they don't believe it but they know that's what these guys believe that are running the planet but they don't talk about it. They don't talk about the hermaphroditic agenda and why it's being pushed so hard into the school systems and all the other things. They don't want to talk about it because it's too offensive. We don't want to talk about that. It's just it's too yuck. It's too ugly. It's too nasty. It's too this. It's too that. Or they won't talk about what happened with the USS Liberty like we've done all week. They don't want to talk about it because they want to be basically set back and be a beta and crawl on their bellies and lick boots. And I, I don't do that. And neither does Austin. And so our show comes with this warning label. We're going to tell you how we feel the world works, and if you can find another way of explaining it that's better than what we're doing on this show, then I ask you and I try to urge you and to call, go ahead and send me some links and some articles and say, hey, look, maybe this is a better approach. I had a real nice lady. He brought me an email the other day. Said, "Well, you know, what about the churches that aren't serving God? Are basically these 5013C churches that won't tell the truth? Are we supposed to support them?" And I addressed that the following day, went into detail on it because, guys. It's important that we know that we've been set aside and we've been called according to a purpose and that we have a calling of God on our lives. If we're Christians, we all do. And and, in Romans, let's start on this Bible verse this morning. I like this one. Romans 5, 4. I'll start with three. Not only that, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. Think about that for a second. When things happen to you that hone you down, that refine you like going into a furnace, you know, when you take steel and you temper it, you heat it up again, you cold it, you put it in the water, you heat it, you put it in the water, you heat it, you put it in the water, you heat it in water, pretty soon it becomes hardened steel. And it's capable of, you know, cutting through soft steel. And they saw this with swords, you know, back in the medieval days. That if they hardened the steel, there was not a battle that they could not win because the other people's swords were too soft and the swords would be cut in half by the people that had honed their steel. That's why the Bible says that iron sharpens iron so one man sharpens another. Guys, if things happen to you, don't be concerned about that because it happens to everybody. Look at the New Testament. Look at the look at all the prophets and all the people and the disciples and all the people in there that basically went through tribulation or went through hardship in their lives. It doesn't make any difference. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, for he directs the course of our life. You know, he's the one that's going to always be there through the blood of the Lamb, through Jesus Christ, to give us strength and hope and a future and a love for God. Because, guys— We've talked about this repeatedly now in the last three weeks, and I'll say it again, and I'll always say it to you guys. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you because of what God has done for you. And see, this world is kind of like a proving ground that we go through, and we run this race, and we get to heaven, and God says, well done, my good and faithful servant. We've got to serve him all the days of our life. Does that mean we're not going to make mistakes? No. Does that mean every once in a while I'll get a little bit too abrasive on the show and may offend a few people? Yeah, I'm going to do that too, and so is Austin. But does that mean that we have to throw the baby out with the bathwater and say, well, you got to be this, you got to be that? See, here's the thing. I don't like Robert Schuler at all, Reverend Robert Schuler, the senior guy. Now, his son I like. He's a good guy. He's a friend of mine. But the old Robert Schuler did say a couple of good things. He said one time he goes that, you know, even a dead fish can float downstream. That, that was one of his quotes. And now whether that was an original or not, I don't know. But we're a, we as Christians are not called to be dead fish, to float downstream and go with the flow. That's not what we're called. And then he said something else that was really, really intuitive, and I liked it. 
he said your best asset can be your worst detriment. Okay? So so if you're if you're inclined to be, you know, really good with money and really set up budgets and really do all those things like that and really be careful with everything you spend, you can end up being a little bit greedy. You can end up having some problems as far as not wanting to spend money on or not tipping properly when you're at a table at a restaurant. Same thing. If you're a little bit too aggressive, you can be a little bit offensive every once in a while. But that aggressiveness and that ability to manage my finances, that can be your best asset. So what you have to realize is that we need to realize that our best asset can be our worst detriment if we allow it to go unchecked and that don't allow ourselves to be honed by the Holy Spirit. Very, very important. If you want to be bossy and tell everybody what to do all the time, maybe you need to ratchet that back a little bit, let people make their own decisions. If you want to be, you know, micromanaging your spouse, maybe you need to realize that, you know, I don't need to micromanage them. Let's give them a set of responsibilities and goals and give it to one another. Each of us has his own goals and responsibilities. But let us do our own thing. And I'm going to say it this way, too. In an organization, I have more of a laissez-faire attitude as far as my employees. What does that mean? That means I tell my employees what I expect of them. I tell them what their job description is going to be. I show them how I would do it and how I would make it more efficient. Then I let them do the job, and I don't micromanage them. Now, initially, as they're being trained, I will, or Austin will, or one of our trainers at the office will. But what we've learned is this. If you've got to continually manage somebody in a position that you put into the office and you've got to run their position and do all their work for them because they can't handle it, you need to put somebody else in that position. The same thing when you're dating somebody. Listen to me, friends. This is really important. When you date somebody – you got to make sure that that person is lined up with you. The Bible says, come ye out from among them, be ye separate, touch not the unclean thing. It, the Bible tells us not to marry the unbeliever. I can't tell you how many times I've spoken to women and to men whose wives or husbands are not walking according to the way of the word, and they were not either doing that when they started dating or they changed after they got married and didn't maintain proper communication skills in order to keep each other lined up with what the word of God says. And I'm going to say this one more thing to you guys. None of us are perfect. We all have fallen short of the glory of God, and we none of us deserve to get to heaven with God because we were no longer in his energy field as far as our ability to be and commune with God because of the sin in our lives or the distortion that we could call it from a physics standpoint. But when God comes to you through Christ, through the blood of the Lamb, he allows you to become one with him in the blood covenant through Jesus. It allows you to come boldly to the throne. So when you go to the throne, it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. It doesn't matter the problems that you've had in a marriage or two marriages or three marriages or four marriages or ten relationships or whatever. He doesn't see that anymore. He only sees Christ in your life. So you have hope in him through glory. And we need to understand that. It's very important. And then James says it this way, James 1 verse 2, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face a trial of many kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God's telling you right here in his word that we all have issues. That we all have things that we have to do. But when you're dating somebody or when you're looking at going into a relationship with somebody, look at all the different things. A good way the world looks at it is check the boxes. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your, your God, as, your, as, your, as the son of the most high God? Do you want to go to church? Will you pray with me? Are you addicted to pornography? Are you, are you addicted to alcohol? Are you, are you addicted to cocaine or to heroin? I mean, do you have these issues? I mean, what are the – nowadays you think – you got to ask that. You got to ask another question. What does your life looks like? You know, are you, were you once a man or are you once a woman? Or are you a transgender? I mean, now it's all twisted up because everything that God made to be pure, to be holy in the Garden of Eden, Lucifer has come in and inverted it. 
And the devil comes to rob, kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to rob you, take your stuff, get you involved with people that are going to steal from you. He'll go in and have people basically give you deals that you know are bad, but you get stuck in the deal, and you kind of have to deal your way out of it. And then he comes to destroy you because he wants to destroy relationships. He wants to destroy marriages. He wants to destroy everything he possibly can because he's the father of lies, and he's a liar, and he basically wants to destroy everything that God ever made that was pure and holy. And so always remember that. When you get attacked by stuff, think the source. Where is this coming from? That's why I station angels around all of you every single day. I plead the blood of Christ over you every single day, and I put a hedge of thorns around you all every single day. Because, guys, we all make mistakes, and some of us make mistakes repeatedly. Now, some of us learn from those mistakes. Some people never learn from those mistakes. They continue to make the same mistakes over and over and over again, and that's a problem. It's a problem for relationships. It's a problem for your walk with Christ. It's a problem. And also, the Bible says, don't cause somebody else to stumble. If you're doing something that's causing somebody else to stumble you know, in their lives, if you're doing something that basically you know that you shouldn't be doing that's not beneficial to you, remember what the Bible says. Don't you know that ye yourselves are God's temple and God's spirit lives within you? And if you destroy God's temple, he destroys you? Now, I'm talking specifically now to those of you that are using drugs. Guys, listen to me. Do your best to work with your doctor if you're on drugs. And I'm not, I'm not going to mention any kind of drugs. You have both illegal and legal drugs here. Do your best to work with your doctor. And if he's not going to help you, find an alternative doctor that will to help you to get on alternative products and supplements that will bypass you having to be on those drugs. Now, sometimes with thyroid medication and things like that or insulin, you don't have a choice, especially with adult with a, with a, with a juvenile diabetes. Now, adult onset diabetes, all kinds of natural things you can do. So do the best you can to try to bring honor and glory to God in everything that you do. Now, am I perfect with that? Absolutely not. Do I think do things sometimes that I shouldn't do? Absolutely yes. So I'm not trying to sit here and paint some halo over my said head. What I'm doing is I'm trying to tell you guys that God has called you as a Christian to a different level of accountability. If you're doing things that are causing your children to stumble and not come back to God, and you're doing them every once in a while or whatever, you think, well, that's not a big deal. I don't care if I do that every once in a while. You know, it may be a big deal to them if they don't see godliness in you as a husband or you as a father or you as a mother. And we need to understand that. And, and see, if we, don't, if we don't see what God wants us to do in our lives, if we don't have a calling for God, ask God to do that for you. Ask him to teach you and to guide you through his Holy Spirit and make us all realize that, you know, we are all held at a higher level of accountability because of who we are. I mean, here's the thing. Let me stop for one second. Let me say this to you guys. You know, when I'm in a public setting the other day, we were in a place and, I, you know, we were walking around in Ybor City and, and I was, you know, I was with a friend and I, and I said to the friend, I said, I've got to be really careful here because we can be a target because we're tourists here. And I said, I'm carrying deadly force. You know, I'm armed and I've got to make sure that I don't provoke or precipitate an event. Now, I'm adding some things to this conversation for what we're saying right now to you guys. I've got to make sure that I'm careful with what I have. The same thing is true with you. You listen to me now, friend. You listen to me. You have within you the power that raised Jesus from the dead. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. We've got to learn to walk in love. We've got a powerful sword that we carry with us. It's a serious concealed weapon. It's the power of the Most High God. And so use it judiciously. Be very, very, very careful. Don't run around saying, you're going to go to hell because you're doing this, or you're doing this wrong and you're doing this. Don't start judging other people for that. 
If there's an issue in someone's life that you love, that you care about, if there's an issue with one of your kids that you love, that you care about, be careful with them because the power that you have is incredible and it can do all things. So be careful. Just like I am when I have a concealed weapon permit with me in Ybor City. I've got a gun with me in my pocket. The same thing is true with the word of God. You've got to be very judicious on when you pull it out and you start saying things to people. It's better to talk to them about, hey, God loves you. Jesus died for you. Jesus died for you to reconcile you back to God. And we need to all try to do the best we possibly can to be one with God and to love God with all of our heart. That's the better way to start the conversation off. I can't tell you how many people have told me during the show and have emailed me, you know, I had fallen away. I had no longer had a relationship with God. I had no longer had a relationship with Jesus. I had lost my way. I was raised in the church as a child, but now I've realized that I need to come back because of you and Austin and what you teach on y'all's show because you show us that it's possible to be an alpha male and have a life that's God-filled and spirit-filled and prayer-filled and not be a pansy. That's what they say when they write me these letters. And I can be a real man. And then I have women say, well, you know, we wish that we had this type of relationship, you know, with our husband like you had with Sharon, you know, because we know that a relationship with God in the middle of it is all powerful. And guys, it's true. That's why we always have to work with one another. Why do you think I pray for you guys every day? I love you guys. You mean the world to me. And I know that if it wasn't for you guys doing what you do with supporting health masters and praying for me and Austin and praying protection against us. We've got millions of listeners. And don't get me wrong, we get some mails that some 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 emails that I just delete, block, delete, block, delete, block. They're not very many anymore because people want to just constantly pick at us, pick at us, pick at us. Always look at the good things that people do. Always look at the positive things that they do. Dwell on the good things. That's what the Word of God says. And then when you see things in a friend or a spouse or a loved one or someone you're dating or a child or whatever, ease them back into the way of the Bible. Ease them back into the way of the Lord. Ease them back into the way of what Jesus would do. The Bible says, what would Jesus do? How would he live? You know, it says in First John, I read this to you a few weeks ago, if we love him, we'll do what pleases him. That means in all things, guys, not some things. Think through the behavioral patterns, especially now you come up to the holidays. You're going to have some relatives that you really don't like that are going to come to your house, or you're going to go to somebody else's house and Someone's going to show up that you're like, oh, God, I can't stand that person. Walk in love. I'm not saying hang out with them. I'm not talking about being bosom buddies with them. Just be respectful to them, especially if you're in somebody else's house. Don't get into a giant fight with them during the holidays. Really, really, really important. I want to give you that word this morning because, guys, they will know that you are my disciples because you love one another. Let us all show that one another, that we have love for one another through the holiday season. Also, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? That's really good advice because you're exactly right. There are going to be – this happens, I mean, every year. There's always people that show up or that you're around. You're not going to agree with everything on. And uh, But, yes, be respectful, especially if you're in somebody else's house. I have to say that because when you're in somebody else's home, that's their home. And that doesn't mean you have to sit there and be timid and just you know listen and you know agree with everything somebody may say. But that also means some point in time you may just need to walk away instead of escalating a confrontation into something way worse at home, at somebody else's home during holidays. You're very, very accurate about that. And speaking about having to show restraint, but also having the requirement and duty to protect one another and friends and family when you're out and about, 
there's an issue, an incident that I just read about over at a Amazon facility. And this is very interesting because now Amazon's discussing the aspect of this guy has basically been put on leave right now. They're discussing the aspect of firing him because he violated Amazon's uh, Amazon's restrictions of carrying a firearm on his person, yet he stopped him potential mass shooting at an Amazon facility. This is in Arizona a couple days ago. The man is being credited as a good Samaritan by police. However, Amazon may not feel the same. After he shot an active shooter in an Amazon facility parking lot, preventing a further bloodshed, police in Chandler, Arizona said 29-year-old Jacob Murphy pulled into an employee parking lot at Amazon facility on Wednesday morning and opened fire after jumping out of his car. Murphy said in a statement that Murphy, police said in a statement that Murphy did not work at Amazon, but had jealousy issues regarding his girlfriend that worked there at the facility. (laughs) Police said that Murphy intended to locate an unknown male worker at the facility whom he only knew by name. Murphy attempted to enter the facility and was stopped by a worker who was then shot by Murphy point blank. Another individual who was inside the Amazon facility was armed and opened fire on Murphy, hitting him multiple times. Murphy recoiled back out in the parking lot and later succumbed to his injuries out in the parking lot and died on the scene. And the Good Samaritan, who stopped further bloodshed, was pretty much hailed a hero at the facility. But yet now Amazon's deciding whether or not they want to press charges against him. This is something to be very aware of. And again, I fully agree with this guy's ability and right to not only defend himself, but thousands of other employees there. As much as I don't like Amazon, these employees have a right to be in an environment that they're not being shot at. And if they are being shot at, in my opinion, they should have the right to be able to respond with deadly force. However, Amazon is extremely anti-gun if you know their stance on anything with them. And so when you're working for a company, you have to understand that a lot of times the terms and conditions and agreements when you take a job with a company you agree to certain requirements and a lot of those are you are not allowed to carry a firearm on the premises on your person period that's a, that's a lot of business policies in the United States in my opinion as unconstitutional as it is if you have a permit or a license to carry so you should be able to carry so you know if you have a concealed carry permit i've always said you know that you should be able to register that with the business let them know that you have a right to legally carry in that state, like in the state of Florida. Uh, but a lot of st- a lot of companies still don't respect that, and so be aware of that. And you know, it, here's the question that you have to ask Amazon: Would it have been better for this man to violate his terms and agreement by carrying a firearm and defending himself and the lives of others at Amazon, or have been better off that he was not armed and you had a potential mass shooting with you know maybe two, maybe three, maybe five, maybe ten people that were shot? In the facility, which what is the better outcome that the perpetrator bad guy that's committing the forcible violent felony is shot and killed on the scene or that he's allowed to roam around and do whatever he wants? My answer is always the only thing that stops a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. And that's a very just bold analogy. And I've gotten arguments with people about that stance because they try to bring in all this reverse logic and circular logic to, well, that's not necessarily true. I'm like, okay, well, if you don't have a gun, who are you going to call? Well, I'm going to call the cops. They need to handle it. Okay. Who are the cops? They're the good guys with a gun. It just goes back and forth to the same basis that I point out. And so just be aware of that. Same thing goes whenever you're out and about in places. I've told you guys the issues that I had with downtown Disney when they trespassed me because I wouldn't put my firearm in my vehicle. So they got me a facial recognition. A lot of businesses you go to, there's, they'll have signs on the door. You're not allowed to, you know, firearms on the premises. Now, in the state of Florida, 
there's been a lot of back and forth in legal aspects of that because there's really no way for a private business to enforce that you're not allowed to exercise your second amendment if you have a concealed carry permit. I was talking to an attorney about this the other day. And again, I'm not giving you legal advice. Everywhere's different in every single state, including in Florida, there's certain areas. But in most cases, it's very difficult if you're a patron or if you're a customer for them to actually do anything besides tell you to leave the premises. That's about it. But it is very important if you do decide you want to carry, you have the training to handle it accordingly. I cannot stress that anymore. The concealed carry training actually right is absolutely egregious in the state of Florida, in my opinion. It is a joke when you take a concealed carry class, what they make you do. They literally make you grab a 22 long rifle pistol, 22 caliber, and you shoot one shot at a target. That is your training that they give you. It is a joke, and I will have to admit that. If you are going to carry a firearm and take on that responsibility, I recommend you at least, at minimum, take a four- to eight-hour aggressive tactical handgun concealed carry class. And I mean go from top to bottom, all the way from how to carry concealed to how to properly draw to how to reload to how to use cover and concealment, and all across the board until dawn or till, till the evening time. Until dusk, and I also encourage people to use low-light training at least one time in their life. Figure out what it's like to shoot a firearm at night with a flashlight. It's a completely different world. And then you will start to understand a little bit more how to handle yourself in that situation. Because I have been around way too many people before that they have a concealed carry permit. All of a sudden, oh yeah, I got my permit. They pull out their gun, they're waving around. I'm like, dude, you holster that weapon Right now, are you unloaded and put it on the table? Do not start flailing your gun around like it's a little BB gun. You're all cool and proud. You're a gangster now. That is not the way you act if you carry a firearm, period, at all, under any circumstances. So, again, I just wanted to address that because you know, I had a customer come the other day, really, really great, nice lady customer, listener to. Got to talk to her for a few minutes in the office. She said she's really not comfortable with firearms. And she said she massively respects, respects the Second Amendment everybody that carries. She just said it's just not something she really wants to carry. And I said, well, there's also other options. I mean, you have the ability to have hand tasers. You have pepper spray. You have bear mace. And not to mention, it's very good to at least have some type of formal tactical training or hand-to-hand combat training, whether it be jujitsu, whether it be, a, you know, uh, Karate or Taekwondo, whether it be takedowns, whether it be just basic hand-to-hand tactics, that's another one because, you know, at the end of the day, you don't always have a gun with you. You may not always have a weapon with you. Learning how to improvise and adapt is very, very important, but I can't agree with more on that on that. If you're out and about and you're going somewhere that you're unfamiliar with and you're not going with a big crew and you don't have a lot of people rolling with you and you're all heavily armed – Make sure you use discernment on what you wear, how you act, how you carry yourself, and what you're presenting. If you're going out, I'm told – a lot of people know this with me. If I go out and I'm going somewhere I don't know, I'm extremely plain clothes. I'll wear like a black T-shirt with jeans and a T-shirt or a green T-shirt with jeans and a t- uh, tennis shoes. I'm very low-key when I go out. Now, if I'm Ditto. going out somewhere – and I'm going to wear a really nice shirt. I'm going to dress up. Me and Lana are going somewhere. Majority of the time, I'm going with multiple friends, and all of my friends are armed. That way I know when I roll up with my friends, I know all of us have the ability to handle ourselves under any circumstances because I've trained, shot, and gone through the trenches with these guys on a regular basis. So, again, just my two cents on that. Thought I would throw that out there and kind of got sidetracked on that. But, again, use discernment if you work for a company and what their policies are because this guy on Amazon now, he may be in hot water with Amazon even though, in my opinion, he did the right thing from a moral standpoint in protecting his friends and colleagues at a business that they could have possibly been killed 
Also, to another news, this is interesting as well. Speaking of that, Baltimore, Maryland now is on its second year of massive crime wave, even though Mayor Brandon Scott, who said he had a new crime fighting plan and was pretty much designed to disarm the law abiding citizens of Baltimore, uh, the crime rate and homicide rate is still skyrocketing in Maryland. And sad as that is, this is what happens again in states that continue to ban law-abiding citizens from being able to defend themselves properly. This is what we've seen now in L.A., where essentially you don't have the right to defend yourself unless basically somebody's on top of you beating you with a baseball bat. You can't do anything about it. You just have to sit there and let them walk around and do stuff and pull knives on you and chase you around. It's absurd the policies they have over there in California and L.A. and how beneficial it is for the criminals – but yet law-abiding citizens, nah, no, 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 no good here. You're not allowed to do that at all. Also, too, this is interesting. The propaganda, switch gears here. I want to bring this up because this is actually quite disturbing to me when I saw it. Why I brought up earlier why it's so important to talk about what's going on with this uh, grand jury, this investigation of the COVID shot. As I said earlier, they're not stopping the propaganda. Canada's Chief Public Health Officer Teresa Tam has now issued a new public health announcement where they did a two-minute interview with Mrs. Claus from the North Pole. I can't, I can't make this up. Total, complete psyop for young children where they warned that children may be put on the naughty list if they don't get their COVID vaccine and they continue to mask up. And adults, too, are told that if they want to make it on the nice list, they need to get their boosters. Two minutes of pure theater propaganda directly aimed at children to try to tell them essentially if you don't get your shot and you don't ask your parents to go get your covid shot you're gonna put on the naughty list of the north pole and you know essentially implying santa claus isn't gonna come visit you this year even though santa claus and this entire concept is completely and totally mythical it doesn't exist never has it's a complete and total fallacy in my opinion told you guys this before designed to remove the focus off christ during christmas and put it on another savior individual that comes to save the day and bring presents i.e santa claus and ironically enough santa claus is only two flip letters away from being satan just thought I would throw that out there, not implying anything, just stating facts. And again, this is what they have done now over the years. In most cases, you will see that a lot of Christmas areas they have, they don't even have a manger anymore. A depiction of baby Jesus. They don't have that anymore. Everything's Santa Claus. Everything's happy holidays. Everything's, oh, you got to be inclusive. You don't want to make anybody feel out of place if you say Merry Christmas. So you got to say happy holidays. Are you joking me? We're still on that, that train. I saw somebody post something up the other day on it. Now they're saying in the Marine Corps, they want to tell everybody to not say sir or ma'am when they say yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Not joking, because you may offend your higher ranking officers when you salute them and say yes, sir, yes, ma'am, because you don't know what their preferred pronouns are. Are you kidding me, United States Marine Corps? Are you joking me right now? This is actually where we're going? Yeah, it is. This is what happens when you have a woke mob demand. You follow their demands at any and all costs, no matter how stupid, moronic, and asinine they are. You have to do what we tell you or else we're going to cancel you. How about I don't care about what anybody's opinion is on gender pronouns? How about at conception it is already deemed by God Almighty if you're a male or female? How about we stop dancing around the tulips and pretending that all of this is about making people feel better and not offended, and this is all about right. censoring the truth 
and freedom and righteousness and biblical values and making people not talk about what's really happening because you might offend somebody. Don't care. Not my problem. That's something you got to deal with if you don't like the truth. That's all. I'm going to leave it on that, Dad, before I say anything else I shouldn't. <laughs> well, this, this is turning into that show. <laughs> Jeez. This is like a really intense fireside chat that probably nobody expected from us today. I mean, you know, it just, you know, I, I guess what I've seen in my life now in the last, you know, 67 years of it is that a lot of people go through their lives and they constantly have no purpose or no meaning and no direction and no guidance. And then now, like you said, now they're telling the Marine Corps they can't say yes, ma'am, or yes, sir. I mean, this is just absolutely awful that this is happening and that we have people that are actually listening to this because that's the easiest way to show super respect to somebody is yes, sir, or yes, ma'am. And that's why the military has always required that from the enlisted to their officer corps because without that, you know, you end up with, yeah, what do you want? Yeah, okay, maybe, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah, how about you just shut up? How about you just, yeah, how about I don't really want to listen to you right now? How about I, how about I don't have to show you any respect whatsoever? And, you know, I've, I've got a friend, good friend, and she always talks about respect and honor. And, you know, it's a term that she used that I've kind of adopted, and she's right. Are you honoring your friends? Are you honoring them? Are you respecting them? And, and another thing, too, that people need to realize is that, you know, when we have a relationship and we, and we have a marriage or we have somebody that we really, really care about, you know, we need to understand that that relationship has to be treated like a Stradivarius violin. I've heard that said before. And you've got to try to maintain it and you've got to continue to build things up on that relationship. And, and, and if you don't realize that, you start to understand very, very quickly that, you know, it's just, you know, one of those deals that will, you get involved with people and you, you start to understand that, you know, we have different types of people out there that are not really walking in love and not trying to be in love with one another. And they're treating each other with disrespect. So honor and respect are basically the, the, the first part of a relationship that has to be there before love comes to you. You know, and then in First Corinthians in chapter 13, it talks about what love is. And, and you know, let's talk about that for a second, because, I mean, this can always get read. At, at, at basically, you know, you know, at, at, at gets read at weddings and, and basically get togethers. And, and you start to realize that people start talking about this, but they're not paying attention to what this is. You know, it's first Corinthians 13 and, and it goes in a deal and, it's, and it goes, and it says, love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily re- re- angered. Now I'm going to, I'm going to say something to you right now. And I'm going to say this very, very clearly, and I'll, I'll use a name in this. When you're dating somebody or you're with somebody and you want to be part of their lives or you're married to somebody or whatever you're doing with somebody and you're entering into or you are in a relationship, you need to take that person's name before you marry them and insert it into those verses in the place of love. And if you do that, it's going to tighten you up really, really fast if this is a true statement or not. Let me do that for you very quickly. I had somebody tell me that the other day, and I never, ever heard it from anyone, and I thought, that's a really good idea. Let's say you're, let's say you're, you're dating uh, you know, Joe, and Joe's going to be your husband, and, and Joe's going to be the guy you're going to be married with. And you would say, Joe is patient. Joe is kind. Joe does not envy. 
Joe does not boast. Joe is not proud. Joe does not dishonor others. Joe is not self-seeking, and Joe is not easily angered. Joe keeps no record of wrongs. Joe does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Joe always protects. Joe always trusts. Joe always hopes. Joe always perseveres, right? You could do it another way. You know, Austin's got a wonderful wife. You say it this way. Lana is patient. Lana is kind. Lana does not envy. Lana does not boast. Lana is not proud. Lana does not dishonor others. Lana is not self-seeking. Lana is not easily angered. Lana keeps no record of wrongs. Lana does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Lana always protects, trusts, hopes, and perseveres. That's the relationship that you want, and that's through the Bible. Now, I heard that the other day, and I'd never heard it before in 67 years from a preacher. They read that verse flippantly during a wedding service, but they don't put the person's name into it. So if you're going into a relationship, you put that person's name in there. You say, okay, is that who his person is? You say, well, that's boasting perfection in that person. No, it's not. But what it does, it shows you where their heart is because not everybody's going to be perfect and fill in every one of those gaps. We know that. But the point is, how many gaps does that person fill for you? How many gaps does that person want to fill for you? And how, how much does that person want to give back? And I've said this to you guys a hundred times. A relationship has to be a hundred percent in both directions. It's got to be that. And if you're entering into a relationship and it's not, you get it. You need to reevaluate what you want to be in. Cause if it's not in the very beginning, why do you think it's going to get better? after you're in it for a week or a month or a year or two years or 10 years or 20 years. And that's how relationships spread apart. And that's how they get destroyed because people aren't putting the other person first. It's really, 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 really important to know that. And again, we're doing all kinds of stuff today on a Christmas weekend that basically we really weren't planning on doing, but sometimes I try my best. In fact, all the times I try my best to be led by the Holy Spirit and to realize that God sometimes has a different topic for me to cover. And apparently today it is this topic. Uh, this is this is another interesting article. It says, what's wrong with well, – I'm not going to cover that article. It's too negative. I'm not going to talk about that. Uh, let's do this one. The, the morning briefing. Carrie Lake's lawsuit is looking anything but frivolous now. Yeah, because these guys are getting some judges out there. They're letting these things move forward. Okay. Happy Friday. It goes on to say this article. It says, while much of the country is in a full holiday, wait until next year mode, Carrie Lake is spending her run-up to Christmas weekend using the legal system to get some answers about what were wrong in Maricopa County on Election Day. You know, we went on, we covered this yesterday in the detail. The lawsuit brought on by Lake's legal team was originally dismissed as frivolous by an Obama hack judge. However, a new judge took it more seriously as some weirdness is now being unearthed. Now, we need to realize, you know, this is interesting because Carrie Lake's legal team was granted the opportunity to inspect ballots prior to the trial. And based on their review of random selected ballots, 48 out of 113 ballots reviewed, were 19-inch ballots produced on 20-inch paper, which means they were printed on another press. According to Larry's, Carrie's Lake's team, this one-inch discrepancy caused the mass rejection of these votes as they were attempted to be read through the tabulators. Once more, with feeling, Maricopa County is where the bulk of the Republican votes are here in Arizona, and Republicans are known for preferring Election Day by voting early. We were originally told that the sudden rash of Election Day problems with the ballot tabulation machines was a fluke, and all the machines have been working fine when they were tested as the story went. Now it appears there may have been some deliberate tampering that would throw a wrench into the ballot counting process. And guys, this happens all the time in these democratically controlled strongholds, democratically controlled judges, democratically controlled communist, Kabbalist, Luciferian, synagogue of Satan, ancient Canaanite religion worshiper weirdos that are trying to usurp the authority that God gave 
the people in charge of us that are duly elected officials who understand who Christ is and what the power of the Holy Spirit can do and understand that we were founded as a Christian nation. That's period. That's how it is. And they're trying everything they can to undo that from what we were and how we are. But guys, listen to me. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And Austin was right, too. And I got I got I got a comment on this, too, since this show's gone this way. Anyhow, be very careful who you allow to handle your firearms. I had a friend over the other day. My Glock was laying on the countertop. I just taken it out of my pants pocket. It was loaded. It was chambered. And you know, with Glocks, the trigger is the safety. And she went to pick it up. And I said, stop, don't touch the weapon. Why not? I said, it's loaded. You haven't been trained in proper safety of firearms. Be very careful. And Austin's 100% right. I would trust Austin with my life. He would trust me with his life. We both know how to handle weapons, quite frankly, very, very well, both of us, even him better than I am. But the reality is this. If you're going to be out with somebody who's got a gun, you need to make sure they know how to not muzzle sweep you and not to have an accidental discharge. You see that all the time. Guy pulls it out of his sweatpants. Some big football player a few years ago shoots himself in the leg. That's not a problem. If he shoots himself in the leg, it's a problem for him, but not for anybody else. The bullet stops. But if he shoots it into a crowd, it becomes a problem for everybody in the crowd. So be very, very careful and be very judicious when you're handling deadly force. That's very important. I want to say that because I agree with Austin 100%. Now, one other thing I want to say to you guys, I wish you guys a blessed, blessed, blessed Merry Christmas. Think on the good things. It ain't about Santa Claus. Santa Claus is a perversion. It's not Christmas. They've made Santa Claus Christmas. Santa Claus is a joke. I mean, you, if you go into Europe, you see where Santa Claus came from. He was like an evil demon running around. And they brought him over here in Madison Avenue. It took about 100 years ago, and they put a big white beard and a red suit on him and basically said, you know, if you're good, you'll do this. If you're this, you're going to be that. And they've taken Christ out of Christmas by inserting a doggone demonic entity as far as I'm concerned. Now, the original Chris Kringle, the original basically monk that ran around giving presents to people, he was a good guy. But that's not what they're representing here. They're representing that, you know, you got to give more stuff, more stuff, more stuff, spend more and more and more money in order to celebrate Christmas and take Jesus out. Jesus is and will always be the reason for the season. I never taught my kids about Santa Claus. I always told them it was a fable that people basically brought up that was a lie. I never talked about it. I told them it was because Jesus was being taken out of Christmas by the Kabbalist Luciferian sect or something like that. Probably didn't go that strong with them when they were young, but that Madison Avenue had taken them out to sell more stuff. And that the reality was that the wise men came to give Jesus gifts and that we celebrate the Christ child, the birth of our Savior, the birth of God Almighty in human form with Jesus. That's who we celebrate for Christmas. Always remember that. And remember something else, too, guys. I love you guys, and I appreciate you. You guys mean the world to me, and I want to thank you for all of the Christmas cards you've sent. Some, some other folks sent me some flowers the other day. I mean, thank you for all of that. You guys are absolutely amazing that we have the ability to talk to you guys every single day and to share our views with you and our values with you and Christ with you. And remember that. I appreciate you. I'll pray for you again tomorrow and on Christmas Day. Austin, finish it up. I love you guys, and we'll talk to you again next week. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't remember if you went that hard on, on Santa Claus when I was that young, but I do remember it was never any type of fable that I grew up thinking about. And I've had arguments with parents about this, and I'm and I, I'm respectful to parents as far as I'm not going to bust the bubble if they continue to lie to their children about it. I'm not because that's not my place, but I'm not going to sit there and pretend that's what's going on over here. I've always said for the longest time, I'll be happy to 
acknowledge Santa Claus is giving presents when he actually starts buying for all the presents that I pay for. <laughs> That's that concept has always kind of eluded a lot of people that, you know, you bust your butt working, you run a company or two companies or more, or you work for a business or you work a nine to five, whatever it is, you're working, you're taking your time and converting it to money, so to speak, time you can never get back. And you're taking that hard earned money. And you're buying stuff that your children want, right? You're buying them a bicycle. You're buying them a skateboard. You're buying them a you know a four-wheeler, whatever you're buying them for Christmas. And then you're turning around and going, oh, yeah, I didn't do that. I didn't work that many hours. I didn't strive and save and hustle to make that money so I could buy you this. Uh, this mystical figure that came down in a sled brought you this. So you can thank Santa Claus for buying you this. I've always looked at that. And I'm like, why are you discounting yourself like that, parents? I'm going to be honest with you. Why, why are you discounting your hard work, your time, your, your energy? You give it up. You can never get it back, and you're giving it to something that doesn't even exist. It's literally a lie. I don't know. That's just my stance on it. Maybe I'm too, too serious about certain things. I don't know. But I've just never understood that. If I'm buying something, I'm working for something, I'm striving for it, and I get it for my kids – they're going to darn well know that I'm the one who got it for them, that me and Lanner, we worked together to get them the present that they wanted. So that's just my stance on that. But again, everybody's got their own thing that they can they do. Everybody has their own right to raise their children their own way, and everybody has a right to say yes or say no, and everybody has a right to say we don't like this or we don't like that. That's That's freedom in America. For some odd reason, that concept has just started to be dissolved in so many places. I mean, you can't now. If I say I don't want to have gender mutilation surgery done to children, well, then I'm a racist, anti-Semitic, homophobic, transphobic bigot, according to the bumbling foon Biden with his mashed potato brain. I, I still can't even figure out how he got all those words together in a sentence, even on the teleprompter. I was actually impressed, to be honest with you. He's able to say all four of those together without saying. <laughs> Everybody goes, what? <laughs> I don't know. Rewind it five times. I still don't get it. But it's just, it is what it is, the times that we're in. My friends, I hope you guys have a fantastic Christmas. I know show, the, today's show is a bit different than I was planning on it going for the Christmas weekend, but it's unscripted. Ted and I are not in the same studio, so we kind of start going off on stuff sometimes. So I appreciate you. I thank you for your support and just taking care of health masters, making us your number one supplement company. If even if you're going to buy your just multiple or toothpaste from us, thank you for supporting that. And it supports the show. Continue to be, be with your family this weekend, reach out to people, send them a text or give them a call. If you haven't talked to somebody in a while, just tell them you're thinking about them. You hope they have a Merry Christmas or invite them over to your house. I've done that numerous times to people. If I haven't heard from somebody in a while, what are you doing for Christmas? Oh, I don't really know. You know, I don't really, not really going anywhere. Hey, come on over if you want. I've done that repeatedly. I'll do that again this weekend. So you guys have a fantastic weekend. If you need anything, you know where to get a hold of us, healthmasters.com. And at the very end of this, I want to continue to encourage people. It does not matter at all what somebody says to you an essence of what they believe or what their factor is or what their beliefs are, what their standpoints are. Do not let it allow you to change your convictions. No matter how hard they try to say it, no matter how hard they want to try to dissolve what you say or tell you that you can't say something because it's offensive to somebody, that's not America. Jesus was very clear. I read you guys at John the other day. He did not pull any punches. 
he blatantly called the Pharisees liars. He said, you guys are children of Abraham, but you do not follow the real God. You follow your God, Satan, the father of lies. Jesus did not pull any punches. He did not care about offending anybody when it came to the truth. And he offended a lot of people, especially those clowns, on a regular basis. You didn't hear him read about him. He was timid. Oh, I don't want to offend the Pharisees. You know, they're, they're Abraham's children, even though they follow Satan. I don't want to say that to them, though. They might get upset. You flat out called them out. You, you guys don't believe me because you're liars. You follow a different God. You do not follow Yahweh. He was very vocal. That's what gets to me sometimes when I hear people in the churches talk about how well, everybody just needs to be real pacifist and nobody needs to offend anybody and nobody needs to say anything that nobody doesn't like. God, that's, that's diametrically opposed to Jesus' behavior. As long as it's the truth and it follows biblical morals and laws, my opinion, that's the truth. That's what it is. It doesn't matter if somebody doesn't like it or not. So keep the faith up there, my friends. Remember what this weekend is about remembering Christ's birth. I continue to talk about it for what it is and continue to keep Jesus a part of Christmas and Christ a part of Christmas here in this country and in any other country that you're listening to right now. I know we have a lot of overseas listeners as well. Continue to maintain that and say Merry Christmas to people. I always encourage that. That's happy holidays crap. No, I'm sorry. Just get, get that out of here. We're, we're, we're done with that. We we're past that point. It's Merry Christmas this year. Promote the birth of Christ, everyone, and continue to encourage one another, one another and continue to stay strong. Thank you so much again for the support. Y'all have a blessed, safe, awesome weekend. You guys have a great time with family, and we'll be back here next week, as always, on the Ted and Austin Brower Show. Y'all have a wonderful Friday night and a great evening and a fantastic weekend and a blessed Christmas. We'll talk to you guys later on. <laughs>